Welcome to the Becoming Muslim podcast. Assalamu alaikum. Today we're going to be talking about the concepts of if you are dating a Muslim man, should you change your religion for this man? I'm going to be introducing concepts of what's called the parda, mahrams, modesty, and what it truly means to have a relationship with Allah, with God. So let's get to it. Welcome to the Becoming Muslim podcast. I'm your host, Marilyn Rose, Mexican white convert from the suburbs of Wisconsin, now living in London, UK. I'm here to shine a light on the beautiful religion of Islam and here to share some stories. Let's get started. Okay, so I'm still working on this intro, guys. If you can see this background of what I've got going on, it's literally like this DJ podcast setup and it's been a minute. So bear with me on this. God willing, I will clean this up and start making a lot of these podcasts more beautiful for you. It's been a really beautiful journey connecting with a lot of you on Instagram. I have my main Instagram and then I have started a Becoming Muslim podcast IG account. And so a lot of you have been following that account. And I always ask, like, if there is someone out there who is social media savvy and you want to be posting on this account, I'm really happy for you to to help with this. So this conversation comes up from one of the conversations that I have had with you. And the conversation is essentially, it's been coming up quite some times that you're in a relationship with a Muslim man and you're not Muslim. Maybe you have a different background and he wants you to learn about Islam so that maybe you can get married or he's serious about this relationship and you're now just learning about this concept of what is Islam? What does it mean to be Muslim? And a lot of us in the West don't have some basic concepts that are very foundational in Islam. And so I'm going to introduce those to you today. And God willing, inshallah, they will be good examples, good conversations for us to have. And of course, like always, like please message me and we can talk about it. And moving forward, I think I'm WhatsApp is just going to be a great way for us to connect. And so I think I'll have conversations with you and then we can have a WhatsApp account instead of all of these other apps, Telegram and Viber and whatever else. We'll just keep Instagram, WhatsApp, those platforms for now. I also, all praise to God, alhamdulillah, have now been able to have uh, some amazing Islamic scholars volunteer their time to answer these questions for you. And I am not a scholar, that's always my disclaimer. I'm not an Islamic scholar. So any fic or like Islamic law rulings, that is not for me to be sharing. So please always uh, seek further counsel from those who have gotten true knowledge. And I'm a new Muslim who's been studying basic Islamic things. And so I'm just sharing with you my stories, my knowledge, these conversations. And so Alhamdulillah, all praise to God. We do have two people on it. And so um, the email account will be set up for you to email them at any time. So that's also really exciting and hopefully good news for (laughs) y'all. So 
Okay, so first off, the question again is, what happens if you're dating a Muslim man and you're not Muslim? The first thing is, you want to ask yourself, okay, like how uh, how is this person impacted your life? Now, how is this person in your life? Like what are, how is this relationship with them? Like what... Uh, conversations have you had what boundaries have you had and maybe you're not dating but he's like a muslim colleague or something like that and and you kind of like got a thing for him or who knows but now you've you've come across this concept of islam and you want to learn more because that's his religion and so now you're learning more so one thing about islam is that islam is like i always say islam is pure islam is absolutely pure it's like water it's pure and nourishing for your body. Everything is great about water. And Islam with culture is like Coca-Cola. So it's sweet and sugary going down, but it's not great for the the insides. Okay. So one of the the things is this, is that uh, me, myself, I've gone through understanding a lot more about culture, even learning more about my own Western culture, learning about like what the things Wisconsiners really like. That was like, okay, this is a cultural Wisconsin thing. This isn't what every single human in the world encounters. I I grew up in a bubble, a very tightly knit bubble. And then I went on my own spiritual path, traveled the world. And that, that beautiful little bubble has burst wide open into an extravagant new ocean of things. So it's been really interesting to see and really wonderful to see. And now uh, the first thing when this conversation comes up is that so many people will learn Islam through culture, which I'm not saying again, culture is bad or anything, but Islam is like this beautiful glass vase. Okay. And of course there are so many people from everywhere around the world that uh, can contribute to this beautiful vase with all their different flowers and aspects. It's one of the beautiful things about Islam is that there is diversity in Allah, God, the Most High has said that he has created us from different nations so that we can learn from each other. So with that being said, like again, Islam is this beautiful glass vase that we're all contributing to it with our different aspects. But what's happening is if that culture, those beautiful things that we're putting into it start to try to crack that vase, then we've got some problems, right? So one, again, a lot of uh, even new Muslims have, even new Muslims, even born Muslims have learned Islam through culture. Now, if you're in London, UK, where I am now, like there is a vast amount of resources for where you can learn from there is a masjid at every corner. I walk down the street to the right. I walk down the street to the left. There's Muslims there. There's a niqabi over there. There's a hijabi over there. There's so many. It's like there's so many. Um, it, London's a very big melting pot. And I'm assuming it might be similar in New York. But in America in general, America does not have this privilege of amazing scholarship that the UK has. And now these scholars in the UK as well, like the OGs, <laughs> the OG scholars, um, the really amazing ones who are keeping the Islamic faith, um, those muftis, those grand muftis there in South Africa. And uh, anyways, 
we want to talk about essentially what that means. So again, a lot of people have culturally learned Islam and then have come into new cultures, Western cultures have come from wherever they are, even if they're second generation now into America, they may no longer have certain concepts of what is Islam. So the first concept I want to talk about is Parda. Okay, so Parda is this beautiful separation of the male and female species. (laughs) I'm not going to get into gender roles in this conversation, okay? But it is uh, the separation between males and females. And we all know a definition of what a male and a female is. So if you've got your female parts and you've got your male parts, Parda establishes a separation between these two parts. And so they do it for good cause because God has created men to be a certain way and God has created women to be a certain way. And so one of the natural things that men have in their natural insides, like their natural traits, is men crave sexual intimacy. Like men crave, like men crave that. That's a man's first and foremost. Like they're drivers. They like the women. They like the pretty things, and they want to get satisfied in a certain way. Okay. Females, on the other hand, we might not have, we might, of course, have those uh, desires, those cravings, but our natural inclination is not that. However, our natural inclination is attention. We like attention. So we want, we're going to get it in any sort of way. And so we have to learn, men have to do their own thing, but women, we have to learn how we understand how we want attention. What kind of attention are we asking for? What kind of attention are we doing? How much are we respecting ourselves in order to attract the kind of attention that we want, right? So that's one one concept. So part of that is this concept of having this segregation between males and females. You'll see it in a masjid where the men pray in one side, the females pray in another side. You'll see it in some practicing Muslims household where they have the men sit in one place and the ladies sit in another place. And, and naturally, even when you go out, like even in the Western world where there's no part that like naturally the inclination in certain places, like if you have a group of guys and you have a group of ladies, there is going to be a natural inclination that the guys hang with the guys and the girls hang with the girls. You'll see that. And then of course, like ladies, our attention comes up and men, their natural things comes up. And then there's like this, this mingling, mingling thing. So we're not going to get into those gender roles or anything like that, but for now, we're just going to talk about introducing the concept of parda. So parda is there for a reason, okay? And so when we talk about parda, it's not established in the West as much. Like you'll go to Dubai and you'll see all female salons. You'll go to Qatar and you'll see like all female gyms. You'll come to London and there's one. There's like one all female spot and it's so lovely. It's nice, but there's one in this place of millions of people okay and you go to america and they're like uh what you want me to have a female only place no way (laughs) like what you want a all man yeah so that that's not really a concept anymore in the western world but it is very much an islamic place okay so partha is there to separate essentially what is called this concept of mahrams so mahram literally means a person that you can't get married to, even though like your husband is, is called your mahram, your mahram is someone else that you can't get married to. So Islam has given us a specific format, like we cannot marry our dads. Like thankfully, that's 
a weird thing, but yeah, you can't marry your dads. You can't marry your brothers. You can't marry your uncles. And, uh, there are certain things that are there in how Islam has ruled what are mahrams. So the full list of mahrams, I will put it in an Instagram post so you can see it visually. And same for what, like, part of the, I will put those hopefully, inshallah, like God grant me the ability to do so. I will put those so that you can see what those things mean. Okay. So the second thing is that, um, when we have a non-mahram, when we have a man of the opposite gender who is dating you <laughs> and you're like, what? I'm just learning this. Like, are you, and you're Muslim. Like it, it creates this conversation that that's like, oh, okay. And the reason why I'm, I'm talking about this now is because when you are in a relationship with a Muslim and you're not Muslim, and you hopefully go on your Islamic journey and you are embracing Islam and you're going to be uh, like taking your shahada, you're going to want to learn about Islam for yourself anyways. And so when you're learning about these things, you might start opening your eyes and, and saying like, what? I just learned about this concept of parda, but we were dating beforehand. Like, why were you not practicing parda? <laughs> So I, I'm kind of laughing about it because this is a concept that's still new for even born Muslims who have learned Islam through culture and even people who have learned uh, how Islam but just haven't been able to uh, create that parda within society. And so a lot of times women will wear a niqab, which is like this beautiful like black veil in front of their face, like for concept of parda outside of their homes, because we're late, like we're in the Western world. We go out of the house, like we go do our groceries, we go drive ourselves to the park, like we go on our walks and we go on our runs and we do all of these, these fun things. So now while we're doing that and like we're establishing parda for ourselves, like for the ladies who wear niqabs and stuff, then like, that's just something that you're like, oh, okay, cool. She has chosen to wear this niqab for her concept of parda. Okay, so I want to just introduce you to those two concepts because uh, there is something that you'll want to like look into and understand a little bit more like why this has come into place and what this really means for you. And uh, just hopefully that's like a new concept. But let's get back to the, the actual question. So like now you're dating with some and you're like, okay, I want, I love this man. He's amazing. And I want to become Muslim because I want to get married to him and his family's not going to let me get married to him if I'm not Muslim or like whatever the case may be like that's That's kind of how things kind of work out. <laughs> but um, first and foremost, you do not have to become Muslim. I know this is called the Becoming Muslim podcast, but you do not have to become Muslim for a man in any other way, shape or form. That's just not going to be a thing for your best interest. And the reason why I tell you this is because Islam is so beautiful and so pure. And when a man who might not be practicing his religion so much uh, starts to, and you start learning a little bit more, it, there, there starts to be problems. And I'm going to draw this out for you and, Again, it will be up on that, that IG. And then hopefully I'll put it in the stories and then you can come back to it if you've listened to this later on. So anyways, one thing is that like 
imagine a relationship is like a triangle, okay? There is three people in this relationship, and I'm not talking about multiple wives. <laughs> We're not talking about that right now either. But what we are talking about is a relationship is three. It's consisted of you, the man, and God. And God is at the top of that triangle, right? So now you have this triangle and you have one person who's getting closer to God. So what's happening is, well, this one person's getting closer to God. The other person might be staying in the exact same spot where they're at. There's a distance between that that husband and wife, right? Or that man and that female when, when um, there's a deviation in terms of how this relationship is getting towards God. So now you're in this relationship husband and wife, you're in the triangle. What's happening is that this this man, say he's getting closer to Islam. This woman, she is not getting closer to Islam. There's going to be a bigger gap in between this relationship. And the only way that you can close that gap is if really, ideally, that both people are getting closer to Islam together. Both people are getting closer to God, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala together. And what happens is either if either one of those people are going either closer to God or further away from God, like that husband and wife, they're going to be at a specific stagnant point. And they're going to be at a distance that's not closer together. So in reality, like no matter what relationship that you're in, and you'll see, you will see this, like whatever relationship that you are in, you truly will feel this ultimate connection when you're both in this connection for the sake of God. Okay. So you're not, you're not, it's not the other way around. You're not trying to get closer to this man and then putting God into the picture because now you've embraced Islam for this man. And because ultimately this man is part of creation. He has been created by God and God is the one who you want to get closer to. And so what does that truly mean when now you're in this relationship with this man and you're like, okay, um, I'm still going to learn about Islam, but I still want to be in this relationship with this man. Or like, I want to take my shahada and then do my nikah on the same day. So your nikah is essentially your Islamic marriage, which is like the vow between God. And so like uh, Christians, you we have it too, when you take your, like you make your vow uh, in the church and uh, then you get like all of these things, but I'm not sure about any other religion because I didn't really practice any other religion. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, we all have this concept. And of course, like the government, the government's different. The government has its own rules. I don't know what the rules are sometimes with the government. They're always changing it. But when even when you're taking your like legal marriage, some countries will recognize that nikah as your legal marriage, but you still have to get registered legally. Okay, so I'm not a lawyer. Again, I hope that's a disclaimer. I'm not trying to give no legal advice, okay? But in the end of the day, when you are in a relationship with someone and you're trying to learn about Islam, give yourself that time and that space and that energy to truly learn about the religion in itself. And so that way, if you still want to get into this marriage with this man, then you'll at least have like a foundation that you can both build upon together. And while your foundation might be like, oh, he's a good looking man or he finds me attractive or like he's spending those, like he's buying me this Birkin bag or whatever, whatever it is right now, those things don't really last a long time, okay? Young looks don't last forever. Wealth doesn't last forever. 
families don't last forever, but the one thing that's constantly in our our time, our space, and our energy is God. So God has created us. We will go back to God. And so there's two different relationships going on is that usually what happens is this, like the first like 60 days that you're in a relationship, somebody will show whatever colors they want to show to try to get an outcome from you. And then after those 60 days, you kind of realize who they are. So if they ghost you, like, you know who they are. They're in a cowardice state. And if they wanted something else from you, like, you know, they're in their own, they're in their own time and space. But you, my sweet sister who is listening to this and brothers, if you're listening to this too, you've got a space too. Like, hopefully you're not that brother who, <laughs> who's over there. Anyways. Okay. I need to start editing these, but I want to keep them raw for you guys as well because I think they're conversations that are important for us to have. And and just imagine like right now me and you are in the same room and that we're having this conversation together. You came to me and I'm I'm just talking to you. So we're going to keep them like that for now. But bismillah, going back to it. If essentially like you're building this foundation with that guy and it's after like 60 days, you're learning about more of their true colors. When you're starting a relationship especially one when it has is based off of a, of a religion of Islam, especially. And again, religion and spirituality are two different things. Okay. So religion is the practice of something. And then spirituality is your connection to God. So at the end of the day, your spiritual self is going to connect with this other human as your partner, but you're always going to be connected to God. And so you're not only starting a new area of your life, but you plan to die into this aspect. So there's like a life and death concept that comes on when it comes to having this relationship with God. And if you can look at this man and you're like, cool, like I genuinely want to like die with you, go to Jannah, go to heaven with you. That is something that is a beautiful thing. And may God put like so much rewards in this relationship. And so whether you're, even if you're both Muslim and you're still just learning on different aspects of what it means to be following Islam is that you want to be able to build this foundation for the sake of God. And same for like all the ladies out here. Like when you connect with another sister, another human, you might just disagree with everything. You might disagree with their politics. You might disagree with how they're dressing. You might disagree with like if they're wearing hijab, if they're not wearing hijab, you might disagree with all of their views, but to truly connect with someone, to truly love someone for the sake of God, you know, like you're at the end of the day, you're like, we disagree with everything, but you're my sister. Like you are another human being that we have been created together. And like, I just love you for that sake of God. And so one of the things is it's really cool. And this is like a more of a sciencey concept is like that if you have like that, every single one of us had share the same like molecules. And I mean, Islamically, like we all come from like Adam and Eve and like, then all the babies came and then we've all come into a different place, but like, we've all come from one essentially. And this concept of that we all come from one is like, Hey, you're my long lost sister. Like, you know, when you embrace open arms to a family member and you're just like, I love you, man. And I don't know why, like we can start doing that. Like it's ladies to ladies, okay? I'm not talking about no men out there listening to this who want to like say we're one and embrace with all the ladies, okay? But um, definitely do it. Definitely just like start embracing that spirituality. So when I'm talking about 
what does it mean to have a relationship with Allah, subhanAllah, with God? That conversation with God is between you and God. At the end of the day, like God is closer to you than our jugular veins. God is going to love you 70 times more than your mother loves you. God loves you so much. Like even if your mom doesn't love you and you have always imagined like the most loving mother, God loves you 70 times more than that loving mother. So for for us to have this conversation with God is to always recognize like we take one step towards God and God, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he runs to us because he loves us. And just to know that you have that love, even if, like we are going through like the hardest times, like we're going through so many difficulties. Like there are two things, like Allah tests who he loves and Allah doesn't give a soul more than he can bear. Allah doesn't give you anything harder than you can do. And one thing, no matter what difficulty you're going through, if you're going through one, let's be honest, like we all go through difficulties. Like Allah says, like with hardship comes ease. And he says ease twice with hardship comes ease. So if you think about it like deeply, like while you might be having struggle bus, like going on with a relationship with your, your partner, with your future spouse or your boyfriend, whatever, like if you're going through hardship there, like look at all of the other, like one, no, like that hardship doesn't last forever. There is always a light at the end of the tunnel. And two, look at the fact that we have other ease especially from the West, like, okay, like I, we've got running, like we forget how truly wealthy we are. We have running water. We have a shelter. We have like a family members. Like we have some sort of device that we are listening to this podcast. I got me there listening on my phone, on my car, my computer, but like, I've got this device. So that just automatically puts us in the like very wealthy state. And while we might not have like those Lamborghinis, those Ferraris, or all of those things. I don't know, you might have it. <laughs> but I don't know who knows if I have it. But the thing is, like, even if we don't have what we think is a dunya, like worldly wealth, we do have much more wealth than so many people in the world. Like, we've got food, we've got a bed. And so, if we look at like whatever hardship that we're going to, there's always something that we can show gratitude towards. There's always some sort of ease that God has given to us. And God doesn't have to do anything for us, okay? God created us. God has literally no obligation for us, but he does it because he has created us as the most loved cre- of his creation. More than the animals, more than the angels, more than those jinns, which if you're just learning about the word jinns, that can be a conversation for another time. <laughs> I mean, feel free to message me if you want to learn more about those things. But God has created human beings to be the best of his creation, and he loves us absolute most. And he has given us free choice to love him back. And that's what he ultimately wants for us. And that's what he... He's given us all of these resources and he's called us in so many times. And I think when I was growing up in Wisconsin, like I didn't know the concept and I, I was so oblivious to Islam. Like I didn't know Islam and Muslim were the same. I had one Muslim friend and I was like, Oh bro, like, what does it mean to become like, to what's your religion? And they were like, Oh, you know, it's the the same. Cause he didn't want to share anything about it because of, I mean, so many, so much, especially if you're in America, you go through so much more of this weird propaganda. I hope they're not trying to listen to me, (laughs) but it's just like a weird, a weird thing that it's like, 
how I portrayed Islam was I thought Islam was was ISIS. Like, I, that's the only thing that I saw on the TV was the news and the media always portraying like, oh my gosh, these weird things. And I didn't know, um, there's, there's no extremist Islam, by the way. Like, there is none of that because like Islam is so beautiful. When you look at the religion, there is this concept. It's just based off of love and justice and so much more. And any of those like extreme things like that, I don't know what those people are doing, but it's definitely not Islam. Okay, so... And again, we have to separate culture and we have to separate what it means to actually like learn about the religion and learn about the practice and learn about uh, people. And I mean, if you know a Muslim in, in your in your land, wherever land you, you're from, far and wide, if you know a Muslim, just ask them more questions about what it means for them to be Muslim. And so I know for a lot of uh, a lot of my Muslim brothers and sisters in America, it's a lot harder. Like I just see the religion as a lot harder. Again, there's not a masjid at every corner. There's not a school in every corner. Like we're just, uh, I mean, now there's online, which is really cool. Like if you don't have resources, being in person is always so much better, but there are resources online that you can learn about these most basic concepts. And when I say basic concepts, they are completely brand new. It seems in, in the Western world. And especially if you're becoming Muslim. So, so with that, I want to just like wrap it up. Like we've kind of touched on the parts of like, what is part of the seg- the separation between males and females and like why there's an importance to it. We've kind of touched on what a mahram is and a non-mahram. So like a non-mahram is like someone you're not really related to, even your first cousins are your non-mahrams. Like, again, I will touch about those a little bit more in depth later, but we kind of touch on those concepts. So at least now you'll I'll know a little bit more terminology. I know when I became with some, like people were shooting this word and this word. And I was like, what does that mean? I don't know what inshallah means. It means God willing. It's like, uh, you're giving a prayer and saying like, this will happen if God wants it to happen. So, and then you see so many, ways that people start saying those like a lot of these words and you're like I don't think you're using it like in the in the way that it's intended to be used so it's all it's all good like we're all on our own journey and it's about taking one step at a time so we touched on part of we touched on mahrams and we touched on like what do you do if you're in this relationship with a man who wants you to become muslim like what i would say for somebody who maybe isn't muslim yet and you're thinking about taking your shahada if your nikah is right around the corner, ask for some time to just learn about the religion, okay? Ask for some time and you might be thinking like, oh my gosh, if I don't get married now, when am I ever going to do it? But give yourself time and space for you to have a foundation. Like learn about these things, connect with sisters so you have a different support system because a lot of the times what happens is like now you've become very dependent on this man and their family because maybe your family is going through a lot of process on their own time to understand what it means for you to change your religion. And so you want to make sure that you give yourself that time, that space to work on your relationship. So they say marriage is half your dean, okay? Marriage is half your dean, but there is a whole first half that you have to conquer. You want to have a good foundation for before you start to go into that second half of your dean, your dean being your religion. And so what I'm saying that is that like one, it doesn't mean worship your husband, but in terms of like you have your half of your dean. So, so don't let no man tell you that, but 
but again, it's like, okay, you want to climb one mountain and then it's like, if you've ever been to Peru, okay, I've been to Peru. If you've ever been to Peru, there's this place called Machu Picchu. And then on top of Machu Picchu is another mountain called Juanu Picchu. And that mountain in the beginning, it says like, you must be fit or it's like one of the most dangerous hikes, but it's absolutely beautiful. So Islam is like those two mountains, okay? You have your first mountain to climb and then you've got the second mountain to climb. So you're not going to just try to go jump all the way up to Juanu Picchu, the top of that peak, without first learning how to climb the first of Machu Picchu. And so, of course, there's fast track ways you can take a nice little bus <laughs> or you can on, on top of Machu Picchu and stuff. But you want to learn that first foundation of your deen, which means understanding the five pillars of Islam, which we have another podcast that I talk about those. And it's learning about those base, basic uh, concepts first and then getting into that relationship a little bit more, especially when you've embraced the religion. And say now, for example, you might... Um, you might have taken your shahada and you've done your nikah and now you're like, oh, now what? I encourage you both, like both then you and your spouse to go and learn about that first half of your deen together. Because what happens is if you don't have that first concept, like it just creates more friction and barriers, especially because understanding a, a new religion is a different, whole other identity for yourself, which might be a whole new rebirthing process for you. It's like, you know, when, um, when you come across something and you're learning so many things, you want to understand who you are in this form and what that means for you. And you want to do it in a way that's completely different from how anyone is telling you to do it. You first have to build that relationship with God for yourself because that way God's always here for you anyways. Like even if you're not Muslim yet, God's still with you now. Like God loves us all. He's not just, he loves Muslims and not non-Muslims like God has created the Quran which is the text it's a miracle text that has not changed over 1,400 years right it's not changed in any of its forms and it's in Arabic and there are beautiful English translations but God God has created this Quran not just for Muslims he hasn't created this Quran just for practicing holy people Muslims like it's not for only those scholars or anything like that God has created this Quran for the mankind literally for all of mankind so much so like even in the supreme court in america like there's a plaque of muhammad peace be upon him the prophet of the last prophet the last and final messenger who is islamics uh, who is the the prophet who has received the quran in revelation and has shared it with the world he there's a his quote like the supreme court has said that muhammad peace be upon him is the best lawmaker of the world and so Islam, of course, gives us laws and rules to abide by. And he he's also, look, Allah has given us like these rules to follow. And Allah has given us an example of how to follow those rules. And so in our next podcast episode, I want to start talking about what's called like the Sunnah series. And we'll start doing those uh, for essentially, uh, again, how we can start practicing this religion in this day and age that we live. So I hope this was helpful for you. We we covered parda, we covered mahrams, we covered like what to do if you're in a relationship with a man uh, who's Muslim and he wants you to become Muslim. And we've covered if you're both Muslim and now what do you do and how do you get closer to each other and how how do you uh, what does it really mean to be in a relationship with God? And so again, there's a big difference between a spirituality and a, and a difference between religion. And so. 
the way that we practice our religion is in the way that God has told us. And spirituality is the way that we connect with God. And so while we're practicing the way the religion, or we're practicing religion that we feel that connection to God. And it's a constant journey. Our Iman, our belief goes up and down. It's like a wave pool, right? Sometimes we're up, sometimes we're down, but no matter where we are, God's always with us. So Jazakallah Khair, which means may Allah bless you with goodness. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and we will talk soon. Assalamualaikum.